Hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome to the Joy Channel Podcast, a podcast where we shift perspectives through self-development and cultivating more love and joy in our lives. On this week's episode, we have a very special guest, Jen Hillman of jenhillman.com, yoga extraordinaire, massage therapist, holistic wellness practitioner, and general all-around wonderful person. We talk about loving yourself fully and holistic wellness, treating your body with respect, treating the earth with respect, and so much more. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, pause it right now. Give us a little review. Five stars, some nice descriptive imagery about how much you love Rum's voice or the content. If you have found this podcast helpful for you, give us some love. Let us know. I love hearing messages, people telling us how we've helped you to help yourself. It's always so uplifting and lovely, and I really, really appreciate you guys. Also, if you haven't followed us on Instagram, follow at Joy Channel Podcast. We also have a website now, thejoychannel.org, and we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash joychannelpodcast, where we have extra meditations and other content, and more content will be soon uploaded. Thank you so much for being here, and all right, let's tune into something good. Welcome, Jen Hillman, to the Joy Channel podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad to have this opportunity. Yes, I'm so excited to have this opportunity to have you here. So thank, thank you. you. Jen Hillman, would you like to tell the people why you're here? <laughs> <laughs> why I'm here in this moment or here at large? <laughs> Whatever you feel called to share. <laughs> sure. Well, Rome and I have just been getting to know each other and talking about our life path and our visions for the future. And it sparked some really interesting conversation and we thought it would be great to expand this into a podcast and a video to kind of expand the conversation around um, health and wellness and what it means to live holistically, holistically well. And my work, I feel, is to help as many of you as I can to connect with that sense of well-being and health and happiness in your own life through a series of tools, including yoga, meditation, essential oil therapy, good nutrition, and a variety of other topics that we have been discussing over the years. And so it is important to me to help educate people on how we can live well in a holistic way that is in harmony with our environment and with the planet. And I think inherently, when we start to follow down that path of healing, we innately discover that our own personal journey to healing directly reflects our journey to healing with the earth and with the planet. And so... I personally really enjoy exploring that relationship and implementing teachings in my own life and working my own personal healing journey. And through that experience, 
I want to share it with as many people as I can. So I'm excited to have an opportunity to connect with your network and keep spreading the message of living well and living in a balanced and harmonious way. What does harmony feel like in your body? Mm. It almost feels like a state of neutral, which, you know, maybe you would think harmony feels blissful or it feels joyful, but even those feelings can be kind of on the spectrum of extremes of experience. When I think about harmony, I think about balance. It feels like everything working together, everything working optimally as it's designed. And it's like so harmonious that you almost don't even notice because everything is just as it should be. Just a state of peace. Yeah. Tranquility, balance. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) I love that. What does it feel like in your body? It feels like just everything is exactly as it should be in total acceptance of the moment and being present Mm. in the here and now. Mm. Not thinking about the past or the future, just being here and interacting with the world in whatever way you interact with it coming from that balanced place. Mm. Nice. What would you say is a way that you have most learned to live harmoniously with yourself and thus with the environment and the world? I think that that question doesn't necessarily have one specific answer, but Let me broaden it and say, (laughs) what would you say on the topic of cultivating that relationship of self-love with yourself and your environment? Mm. Yeah, dealing specifically with that idea of self-love and that relationship to self. Mm -hmm. Um, what's, what is it that I've really learned on that journey? Yeah. What, uh, wisdom can you impart that you would mm. say is if you spoke to your 20 year old self, or something, <laughs> what would you say to her? Oh, I would say, topic? hang on, baby. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. You know, I think that's great to kind of harken back to my twenties and my young adulthood And I think at that time in my life, like many young women, I was very heavily indoctrinated with our modern culture and the messages that go out in the media and in the mainstream. So I was very much influenced by images of beauty, what it means to be a woman, uh, some very confusing messages about sexuality um, about how to socialize. So I certainly struggled with my own um, self-loathing, which is, you know, it's hard to admit or say out loud or even reveal uh, how deep that well has gone for me in terms of, you know, hating my body wishing this thing or that thing about me was different. In my youth, you know, when I wasn't fully mature, I didn't necessarily know how to handle my emotions or how to handle interactions with other people. And so sometimes my relationships would get sour and muddy and I would take that in on myself and go into that self-criticism, that self-judgment, you know, that negative self-talk that I think 
so many of us, you know, whether we admit it openly or not, I think, you know, we all on some level or another have experienced that negative self-talk. And through the years, as I've continued my spiritual journey, as I've studied from different teachers, read different books, explored different lineages, you know, I've learned a lot along the way. And one of the most powerful things that I have discovered is the relationship of our thoughts to how we feel Mm -hmm. and what we manifest or create in our reality. So it's been a real eye-opener for me to discover that there is that relationship and what to do with it and, and what am I doing with it. Because what I've found is that we are constantly manifesting and creating our reality with our thoughts and our feelings, whether we are aware of it or not. So that process is just always happening. That is the state of things, Mm -hmm. as I've come to understand. And so then the responsibility falls on me, like time to take responsibility for what am I thinking? What am I saying to myself? What kinds of thoughts and feelings am I having about myself? And what kinds of actions am I taking each day to take care of myself? And these are questions that I still continuously ask myself as I'm kind of unpacking those societal programs that created, you know, Mm -hmm. the the self-loathing or the self-doubt or the self-criticism in the first place. You know, it's very deeply interwoven into the fabric of our culture and our society. So there's a lot to unpack and dig into. So that journey to self-love is ongoing. And I think it's a journey for a lifetime, really. Mm -hmm. You know, how can I continuously love and care for myself it's like the greatest love affair that Mm. we can have that's beautiful (laughs) it is the love affair with self is the greatest love of your life because you're with you your whole life you're the person you talk to the most yeah so what are the thoughts that you're putting in your head are they loving thoughts are they the way that you speak to your best friend or your pet or yeah just anyone you loved so if not why do you speak to yourself that way love yourself be on your team yeah I came to realize that some of the conversations I was having to myself about myself were like so hateful and I almost felt ashamed at how I was talking to myself and I think about like would I speak like that to a small child like would I speak that way to my mother would I speak that way to my grandmother to my best friend or to my sister no never even if I was mad at them or had some judgment or criticism about them I still wouldn't have said to them the things that I was saying to myself like oh my gosh I can't believe like what poor little Jen is going through in here and I suddenly realized that I need to stop doing that. That Jen is really sweet and Jen is really loving and Jen is really trying her best and Jen really cares about people. 
and that's enough. And I can love her for that. And that was a very healing revelation to suddenly realize what I had been saying to myself this whole time. And, and then zooming out and seeing the bigger picture of like what I've attracted into my life as a result of continuously running those thought patterns and then saying, whoa, okay, <laughs> we need to stop the train <laughs> yeah, and like- reprogram and develop a new message. And it's starts with the thoughts and then when I start thinking more loving thoughts towards myself I inherently start making new loving choices about how I live and how I take care of myself and how I spend my time and who I spend my time with and so in working that self-love I'm choosing loving actions and that has evolved my health my sense of happiness my well-being my uh, stress management my just general emotional well-being so it's really interesting to see that relationship unfold yeah that's amazing that's beautiful (laughs) and it's such good work to be doing defragmenting the inner child, reparenting it kind of, mm, and like yeah. just showing compassion and love and like the more compassion and love you show to yourself, the more you show to the people around you. Right. That's yeah. just so, thank you. That's so important to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I find that if I can be vulnerable in my self-love journey, it resonates with other people who are also like struggling to find that sense of self-worth or to find love and value in themselves. And that is what needs healing. Our sense of self-worth that I deserve to be loved. Mm -hmm. I deserve to be cared for. And not by other people. I deserve to love myself. I deserve to show care for myself. And, you know, we've all heard it said, you can only love someone else as much as you love yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily agree with that because I could see hundreds of people in my life that I was loving more than I was loving myself. And so what I found to be true for me is actually this. You can only receive as much love from someone else as you are able to give and receive from yourself. That's so true. And so I realized, okay, it's, it all comes back to me. It all comes back to me. Every single time it comes back to me. And that's not to blame or judge myself, but to empower myself to say, okay, if I'm thinking thoughts that don't make me feel very good, guess what? I can take a few deep breaths and I can stop my mind from going down those negative pathways no matter how much it wants to. I put my foot down and say, no, I'm thinking a new pattern. And you think, I'm beautiful. I'm worthy. Like, no, no, no. I'm not listening to all that noise. (laughs) I'm beautiful and I'm worthy and I love myself. And even if it's hard in the beginning because it doesn't feel true, When we start rewriting the program and we start affirming new beliefs, it becomes true and your life becomes more loving 
and more beautiful and more valuable. It's, it seems like a magic trick or too good to be true, but this is actually how we as divine creators and divine source meaning makers, this is how we attract and create the life that we desire. Mm -hmm. It's, it actually is that simple. Life is as magical as you let it be. Right. And you are as magical as you, you believe let yourself, yourself be. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and that magic that we're talking about is that magic of creating something out of nothing. And uh, I have a really awesome uh, journey through the chakras course that takes us step by step through the chakras. And we talk about that process of manifestation through our consciousness, our creativity, our love, our willpower, our creative action, and birthing our reality into existence moment to moment. Mm -hmm. So we have that incredible creative power and incredible destructive power. And so this is the reality of who we are. So then the responsibility falls on us to Keep take, in check. take ownership of that and keep ourselves in check, just like you said. And so I feel compelled and grateful to have the opportunity to have this platform mm. and, and this uh, microphone to be able to help more and more people find that place of self-love yeah. and turning, flipping the script, you know? It's like turn the record over and play a different track yeah. <laughs> and, and like create a new reality with new thought patterns and um, providing people with tools to do that through yoga, through meditation is huge, obviously. Um, essential oils are an incredible way to manage our mood and our emotions and to anchor our intentions and our manifestations into reality. Uh, nutrition obviously is super important. What we, we are, what we eat, you mm. know, the food that we put in our body has an in direct impact on how we feel, our energy level, our mood, uh, not to mention our physical health. So, uh, building a healthy nutrition in your life can have incredible effects on how you feel and that sense of self-love. Like when you're eating good, whole, clean foods, like so much better. I don't worry about what I weigh. <laughs> like I'm not getting on a scale. Oh. And I also don't feel guilty that I like ate too much broccoli. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I can have as much as I want. I can have whatever I want when I'm choosing healthy, nutritious, whole foods. It's like, yeah, girl, go crazy. Have as much as you want. Enjoy, save our life. And so you know, we talked a bit about like intuitive eating and trusting your body, asking your body what it wants to eat and responding to that. And that again is like that act of self-love. You're, you're asking your body what it wants, just like you would ask a little child or your beloved, what would you like? And they say, oh, I really want this and this and this. You're like going to hop to and like serve that one that you love, whatever they desire. And we can ask ourselves that question honestly. Hey, body, what would be delicious to you? What would nourish you the best? And your body is saying, like, I want this and this. But your eyes are saying, ooh, but that looks so yummy. I mean, no guilt, no shame. But in that moment, you have a choice. Like, do I serve what my body is asking for? And when I say yes to that, I'm 
actively showing myself that I love myself and that cycle of nurturing and well-being continues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and it's along with intuitive eating, what we consume is not just food, it's our what we consume from media and from other people and just thoughts that we put into our brains. And Absolutely. Like you were talking about before, you know, our thoughts create our reality. So what we're thinking about, so it's like really being conscious, intuitive consuming is really along with intuitive eating. Intuitive eating is so important for the wellness of your physical form and stuff. But, you know, consumption is not just what we eat, but like everything that we're consuming. Everything that we're absorbing and taking into our energy. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think conscious consumerism is another element that plays into this overall harmonious well-being. Because so many of our clothes are toxic. The clothing itself is toxic, and that's laying on your skin all yeah, day, every your, day, your and it's your biggest organ leaching into your body. So much. Not to mention, the clothing industry itself is the number two largest polluter on the planet. So, you know, maybe I'm uh, going to the salad bar and I'm getting myself a healthy organic salad, but if I'm shopping at a place that has like sweatshop toxic clothing that I'm wearing on my body, then it, you know, it's like, okay, there's more work to do. Mm -hmm. There's more ways that we can come into integrity and be very conscious and conscientious about what we choose to buy and where our dollars go and what our money is supporting. So that you know ties into a broader perspective of what's happening economically, what's happening uh, ecologically, and what's happening globally. You know, what industries are we supporting? What are those industries supporting? And again, it comes back to us to take responsibility for what I choose. I feel that it's a lifelong refinement. You know, until we're all just living on the farm and growing our own food and like growing our own cotton and weaving our own fibers. Okay, like we're living in the modern world. We have especially like in the first world, we have so much at our fingertips. We have so much access to just choices upon choices upon choices. And so it becomes up to us as individuals, you know, it's like, you got to be the change. Like I'm such a small one person in this global kind of crisis that we're in. How can I make a difference? I make a difference every day with the most minute choices. Like what products I put in my skin, what I use to wash my hair, what skincare products I use, all of these little things have an impact in big and small ways. And so when I love myself, I'm making healthy organic choices for myself, which reflects in healthy organic choices for the products that I buy, the uh, companies that I choose to support, and that reflects my values for wanting to live in a harmonious, balanced way with my earth community and with the planet as a whole. 
So earlier we talked about living seamlessly with the earth. How do you envision that coming to play in our modern society? Like ways that that can be grown and that people can take part in making that a reality. Yeah, well, I think that we have a lot of room to grow as far as that's concerned. And we have a lot of possibilities of what that could look like. So, you know, I think it would be wonderful to see more and more people moving out of the city and into more rural areas and uh, building into smaller communities, not necessarily like a commune per Mm. se, but just smaller groups of people living in proximity to each other where uh, things like community gardening can be a thing where you know your neighbors and you all come together on a Sunday and work in the garden and everyone has access to the food that's being grown. And for a community of 150 people, you could easily, easily feed 150 people plus on half an acre of land. So it doesn't require a huge amount of land to be able to support uh, a smaller community of people where we can uh, take care of the land that we're on and grow food in organic ways instead of monocropping, which devastates the rest of the ecology Mm. when you like cut down the diversity of life and just grow one thing that has a huge impact on the ecology of that region. And so having diversity in our growing is extremely important for the health and for uh, the flourishing Mm -hmm. of the things that we're growing. So I think reintroducing that diversity of growing as well as growing uh, locally, like growing things that are native to the particular region that you're in is extremely beneficial for restoring natural landscapes and Mm -hmm. natural environments by, again, being mindful of the choices that we make. Um, So that's one idea I see, like just seeing more and more people moving out into rural communities where they can develop these kinds of more sustainable practices. And I also think there's a lot of room for growth in terms of urban farming and urban gardening. There's a lot of foods that you can grow in a pot. So even if you live in an apartment, if you have a little balcony, you can grow some tomatoes, you can grow some herbs, you can grow uh, quite a few things in pots, which is awesome. There are also uh, some city parks that will, you know, mandate or not mandate, but accept uh, community gardens in smaller neighborhoods around a city. So this is another way that brings the neighborhood together, bringing people together to grow and cultivate their food. And, you know, these are not the only ways that we can start to restore balance to the environment, but uh, tending to the earth through gardening uh, is such a hands-on way to you know just feel the dirt under your feet to to physically plant something and water it and watch it grow it connects us so deeply with our relationship to the earth and to our food as nourishment for our body like our self-love 
so it's a really nice like closed loop system so I think that gardening and being in the dirt and being one with the earth in that way is so instrumental in our healing and when you spend time in a relationship with a garden and that little piece of the earth you care about the earth and you care about your impact and you see directly like if I don't water these things what happens if I uh you know accidentally like pour this contaminated water over here look what happens and so we see firsthand the effects of our actions upon the land and then we can start to see things from a more global perspective and realize that the choices that we make the actions that we take actually affect the whole earth Like you are one small being on this planet, but you are not ineffectual. Like your life has impact. And we as conscious creators of our reality, you know, the call is to become conscious. Hmm. Like you have the power to create and manifest your reality. You're doing it all the time. So Get conscious about it. Take responsibility for what you're choosing. Think about it. Be intentional. Be intentional. Choose intentionally when you think about something. Just awareness in general is Yeah. Or even just get in the habit of asking yourself, what is my intention here? Yeah. And And just setting an intention. All the time setting intentions. Right. Right. So it is. I think that living in balance and living in harmony is also about intentionality. It's like, what am I choosing? What am I choosing here? And recognizing that I am choosing and that I have a choice. And then you just decide. Yeah. (laughs) And if you're choosing something that doesn't feel good, ask yourself, why am I choosing it? What must I believe to be true? Or what would would feel better? How can I most show myself love today? Like, what do I need to do for my highest good? Yeah. Because your highest good is the highest good of all. Yes, that's that interconnectivity yeah, for sure. For sure. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jen, for yeah. coming on the Joy Channel podcast. Yeah, this has been great. I'm super grateful to have a chance to have these deeper conversations and engage the audience and uh, keep sharing the love. Yeah, it's yeah. been an absolute pleasure talking to you. So thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was so much fun. Great. So where can everybody find you? Yeah, I am all over the web. You can find me at my website, jenhillman.com. That's J-E-N-H-I-L-M-A-N.com. You can also find me on YouTube under the same, youtube.com slash jenhillman. I have a paid subscription yoga and wellness site with lots of exclusive content that's not on YouTube. That is at the Jen Hillman community.vhx.tv. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Jen Hillman. So pretty easy to find. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. This has been the Joy Channel Podcast. If you would like to follow us on Instagram, we are at Joy Channel Podcast. Our website is thejoychannel.org and our Patreon is Joy Channel Podcast. If you love this podcast and it brought you a lot of joy, peace, serenity, share it, talk about it. 
send it to your friends, send it to your loved ones, send it to someone who you also want to feel as good as you feel. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a review, five stars, a nice comment, help other people find us to spread the joy in the world. Thank you so much for being here. Have an absolutely beautiful week. Bye.